You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have Mark Faulkner joining us in the studio here. Welcome Mark. Thanks, Jason. It's good to have you here in the studio. Now, Mark, uh, this is your first, um, I think, ever broadcast on uh, Faith FM? It is the first uh, broadcast. Yeah, so it's good to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I I know that you work in the same building as me, but our listeners don't know what uh, you do with your time. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you do with your time and, uh, yeah, what you do here as well. I have two roles. I work in administration here at the office and I work as a secretary uh, for our church companies as well as a church pastor. I'm also pastor of the Rosney Church here in Hobart. Okay, so I'm guessing that that keeps you reasonably busy. It does. With the multiple roles. (laughs) Very much so. And uh, so when did you come to Tassie, Mark? Well, this is my 11th year in Tassie and I originally came from New Zealand. I got a transfer from there to Hobart and it's been terrific being here. So you came over as a being called to be a pastor that's over correct. here. Yes. Okay. And you've been here ever since. So that's good. And uh, we've been uh, I, I attend Rosney Church, so I've had you as our personal pastor for some time before and back again this year. So um, I just want to remind our listeners that our previous episodes this today's program is called connecting the dots and uh this is a a bit of a a variety program i guess we have different presenters coming in presenting uh, different personal stories and testimonies and uh different topics so connecting the dots if you want to go back and have a listen to any of the previous programs you can do that by uh, going to the faith fm website that's faithfm.com.au or you can download the app from the app store in the google play store or the apple app store the faith fm australia you can get that now we have a show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and you can text us in on that number. So write it down if this is your first time listening. Zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. We will have a free book offer that we'll be giving away later in the program. So do write that number down. Now today, um, Mark, you have got a program titled "When Goals Collide with Walking with God." Can you give us a bit of an introduction uh, to what you're going to be talking about today? Well, sometimes we set goals, which are great, and setting goals is something that we we value very much, but sometimes we can focus too much on goals and we can forget about important things. Okay. Now, that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? It does, because you think your goals are the important things. (laughs) Exactly, and that's exactly the point. Mm. So um, I think you've got a couple of stories or illustrations to sort of demonstrate some of these things. Do do you want to lead us into that? Yeah, well, look, there was an interesting essay that was written by Lisa Ordunez from Harvard University, and she wrote about goals, and there was a few other authors there, and, and she says that goals can be great, 
but sometimes they can distort values. You know, managers love KPIs, you know, and the, which drives people. But when it distorts values, that's when it becomes problematic. Let me give you a couple of examples. Yeah. So, you know, she cites that there was Sears Auto Repairs in the States who used to charge something like $147 an hour to run their shop. That was in the 90s. So that was a fair bit of money in the mm, States. Mm. And so as a result, they would inflate repairs. They would do repairs that didn't need to be done. And so the consumer was worse off. But they met their target. Mm. But their values got distorted. You remember Enron? Yes. Remember that big the company? big energy company, yep. Yeah, well, the salespeople were allowed to set their their own prices. They were focused on revenue and not profits. So they're getting money in but not making any profit. And so their key KPIs became distorted. And, you know, here's a crazy thing. The executives right up until the time and when the company went bankrupt were taking bonuses. Mm. Figure that out. <laughs> but Ford had got the probably one that takes the cake. You remember back in 1970, you would have to look this up on Google as to what the car looks like. And if you're into cars, the Ford Pinto was an ugly car. You know, when you look at it, you go, Gee. Do we have them in Australia? No, no, they never came. They're an American car. Yeah. But yep. and, and, and the American car market was facing stiff competition from the Japanese who were able to produce smaller cars, more fuel efficient, and uh, Ford set the goal. And their goal was to produce a, a car that was cheap to run, cheap to produce, and their goal was to put it out on the market in 1970 for $2,000. That's a cheap car, isn't it? It is, even in 1970. <laughs> Absolutely. So when they launched the car, it was reasonably popular. They sold quite a few, but there was a problem. And the problem was that there were a few accidents where people ran in behind them, and when a car collided in behind, the car burst into flames. What the reason was, was that the fuel tank was set underneath the axle and which caused the explosion. Mm. Now, of course, the, it's obvious to you and I, what would you do? You'd fix it. You'd have to change the design. <laughs> common sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, common sense to you and I. But the executives sat there and they stroked their long beards thought about it that's going to cost too much money absolutely far too much money and they said hmm well you know what America's like they love to sue people sue the pants off everybody and so what they did was they evaluated well how much is this going to cost us in courts mm. versus how much to change it and you know what they voted to take the option of the courts I'm guessing take the options with the courts because they said it was going to be cheaper I don't know how they figure that out it does my head in anyway but that's what they chose and do you know the sad part about it is 33 people died in car crashes and they sat in the in the in their executive room and they thought about this and they said money was more important than people's lives mm. that's when goals 
become distorted mm. with values. Now, we've got three minutes before our first break. Uh, I think you had another example of a uh, rugby player. Is that right? Andy Hayden? Andy Hayden, yeah. Well, look, for all the Kiwis out there who are a little bit older, they would know Andy Hayden as a great rugby player from the uh, late 70s, and he he was. And um, New Zealand was playing Wales, and Wales had not beaten New Zealand in around about 25 years and the score was, from memory, 12 points to 10 in Wales' favour with a couple of minutes to go. And, of course, all the Kiwis were hanging on the edge of their seats there, watching and waiting, hoping that they would be able to score a try just on the uh, stroke of full time. They were close to the try line of Wales, and a few minutes to go, Andy Hayden then does what we call a soccer dive. Right. He jumps out of the line onto the ground. The referee calls the penalty. And so Brian McKetney then lines it up and they win. Uh, Brian McKetney was a great fullback and it was an easy kick. Mm. Andy Hayden got a lot of flack over that and he made a few jokes about that at, at the interviews. But, you know, later in life, as he reflected on it, he said this. The goal, is, uh, the goal was winning, obviously, the game. Mm. And he said this. I make no excuse for winning. So you have a goal here. The goal is to win. But you want to win well, don't you? And he didn't. Mm. Most New Zealanders cringed at that. You know, you want to win well. And it can distort values. Of course, you are a New Zealander, so I'm guessing that you relate to that a little bit. I relate to it, <laughs> and uh, Wales well, still haven't won a game in all these years and, and since. Mm, very good. Well, we'll go to break. Uh, this is Take My Life by Jaden Lavick. Take my life and let it be Choose, and I give everything. 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're talking with Mark Faulkner on the topic of when goals collide with walking with God. Now we had a few contemporary examples of goals conflicting with values uh, in the first section that we talked about uh, Ford Motor Company, we talked about Enron, we talked about uh, the rugby player and um, sometimes our goals can yeah, negatively actually impact on many people around us if we don't uh, keep the values in mind. So what about some biblical examples, Mark? I believe we're going to go and have a look at uh, a story out of the book of Jeremiah. Yeah, look, there was a, a king by the name of Zedekiah, and his he was the king of Judah in around about the late 580s B.C., now, this was a time when it was a difficult time for Judah because the kingdom of Babylon was extremely strong. That was the dominant world empire. Now, for a long time, it had been prophesied by the prophets that Judah would be taken into captivity by the Babylons. And it was really strange for the Judeans to get their head around it because they thought that they were God's people. Mm. And for a nation like Babylon... They were heathens, they were Gentiles, they were unclean. And for them to take over the kingdom of Judah was really strange. They they just couldn't... They, they really it. didn't believe it, I guess. No, no. And so you had prophets like Ezekiel, Jeremiah, who were prophesying that the Babylonians were coming. Mm. They're coming. And, uh, but look, they had a taste of that in 605 BC and 597 where the Babylonians came and raided. So when it comes to the late 580s, it shouldn't have come as a huge surprise that the Babylonians would come again. Mm. Now, Zedekiah, he's the king. He's in charge. He has the power to lead the nation through Perhaps what is their most difficult time? What do you do? What well, do you do? You would hope, if he's a uh, spiritual leader, that he would seek guidance from God. <laughs> well, you would, 
but you had you 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 had the prophet of Jeremiah on the one hand, but you also had Hananiah, mm-hmm. who also claimed to be a prophet. And do, do you know that um, Hananiah was saying that he was preaching peace and safety, right? And that everything will be all okay. Mm-hmm. And he was predicting that. Mm. And uh, so Jeremiah and Hananiah actually had a confrontation and uh, whereby Jeremiah would set up a like a drama skit and he would have a noose around his neck made of wood and, and uh, Hananiah would come home and break it into pieces and he said, you know, this is not going to happen and there will be peace and safety. And uh, then Jeremiah changed the, the skit and made it out of steel and prophesied that he would die that year. And guess what happened to Hananiah? I guess he died. <laughs> he died. Because we, we know that Jeremiah was the uh, the true prophet of God. Absolutely. So, so how is Zedekiah meant to know the difference between uh, Jeremiah, the true prophet, and Hananiah, who was telling him uh, untruths? And, and, and that's, that was the problem for Zedekiah. Mm. You know, and, and for, for Jeremiah to come along and, and to prophesy that Babylon would take over Judah... He would be classified as a traitor. Mm. You can't say that about Judah. Mm. What are you thinking? How can you betray our people, our nation, our heritage? We've been here for hundreds and hundreds of years, mm. and you come along and you prophesy this. And so you got Jeremiah on the one hand and an unhappy population on the other. How do you keep both groups happy? Mm. So... Zedekiah's goal here was self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Let me share a passage of scripture just to sort of yeah. give you a little bit of a flavour of this, and um, let's let's read Jeremiah chapter thirty-seven, verse six to ten. It says, uh, "Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. Thus says the Lord God of Israel." Thus shall you say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of me. Behold, Pharaoh's army that came to help you is about to return to Egypt, to its own land. And the Chaldeans shall come back and fight against the city. They shall capture it and burn it with fire. Thus says the Lord, do not deceive yourselves, saying the Chaldeans will surely go away from us, for they will not go away. For even if you should defeat the whole army of the Chaldeans who are fighting against you, and there remained of them only wounded men, every man in his tent... They would rise up and burn this city with fire. Wow. Pretty awful, isn't it? It's a pretty dire prophecy. <laughs> you imagine how popular that would be. Not good. So so Zedekiah say, Hey, this is not this is not good. Mm. How am I gonna keep everybody happy here? Self preservation. And and Zedekiah did not know what to do. Because he had a whole priestly class who who were patriotic and wanted to preserve Judah, God would never use an evil nation like Babylon to invade. Mm. Never, this will not happen. So does Zedekiah believe them or Jeremiah? Mm. Tough, isn't it? it? It would be hard. And, and of course, I think the human nature is to want to believe uh, the things that are sweet to the ears, you know, the things that sound good. Well, yeah, and, and you know, you, you want to preserve your life. Mm. You want to preserve your nation, your lifestyle, and 
keep everybody happy. So Zedekiah was struggling as to what to believe here. Did Jeremiah um, offer any solution to this you know, situation where he's, he's prophesying that uh, the Chaldeans are going to come and burn the city, but does he offer any advice? Well, in, in the next chapter, he says that the city will be taken over. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, Judah has gone past the point of no return. They, in the Old Testament, the people would often repent and God would relent, but not this time. Not this time, okay. So, but what was Zedekiah to do? Mm. Now, Zedekiah was counseled by Jeremiah that if you go out to the Chaldeans and effectively surrender, you and your family will be preserved. Okay. So so that was at least a, a glimmer of hope. Well, look, you, you want to have hope, don't you? Mm. Mm. What Zedekiah needed to have done was to, to, at this point, to stand strong with Jeremiah and to say, this is what is going to happen to the nation of Judah. Mm. And when Jeremiah said to him, if you go out there, surrender, you and your family will be preserved, and much of the destruction and the killing of the people, it will go much better. Be minimised. Mm. Yeah, for, for, for Judah. Mm. What does Zedekiah do, I wonder? I'm guessing he doesn't take that advice. Yeah, he came up with his own solution. He thought, surrendering is not a good human trait, is it? Mm, mm. Uh, Just got to look at the uh, Ukrainians at the moment. There's no hint of surrendering in their case. Absolutely not. And when you've got an existential threat Mm. like that, Mm. you get up there and you fight. Yeah. And uh, that's tremendous spirit that they have Mm. and the West should take note Mm. but But, back to this one (laughs) yeah (laughs) we diverge don't we but with Zedekiah he he doesn't want to surrender Mm. and you can't blame him in one respect but he comes up with this idea maybe if I escape and sneak out which is what he does he sneaks out but as he sneaks out up and over the wall, hops on the horses, galloping away, the Babylonians capture him. And when they capture him, he then, when the Babylonians get him there, Jeremiah prophesied that if, if you do this, if you do not surrender, you and your family, or well, your family will be killed in front of you. Mm. And guess what happened? I'm guessing what Jeremiah said came true. And he watched his family killed. Mm. His eyes were plucked out and he died a miserable death. Mm. You know, that's, and, and that's a, a really sad end to what could have been. Mm. And his goals of self-preservation distorted his values. Now, we all want to preserve our life, don't we? 
Well, I think most of us do, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. So long as our, our goals are in harmony with God's will, and Jeremiah had demonstrated time and time again that God's word would come true. Mm. Coming up, we're going to be studying a passage of Scripture from the New Testament in Colossians 2, verse 6 to 10. Uh, this is uh, from the English Standard Version. All, all the passages of Scripture today we're reading from the English Standard Version. And this is titled Alive in Christ. So I'm just going to read it now before we go to a break. It says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you are taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. We're going to unpack that a little bit after the break, but I just want to remind you right now that uh, we do have a free book offer coming up. The book offer is called The Great Hope, and here is the number. Write it down now if you haven't already written it down, 0488880891. That's the number to claim our free booker book offer just after the break. But right now, this is Walk In It With Me by Kate Gariga. Help me, Jesus, I need you To do a work I couldn't do Take this heart of stone Make it flesh and make it light Let me see with your eyes You love perfectly Jesus, please be love in me My ears hear you say This is the way
please refine me till I'm in the center of your will, resembling the sun. I am melted by your love. The more I read, the more I trust everything you do. Father, I am in awe of you. made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with Mark Falconer this morning on the series Connecting the Dots and this morning we've been talking about when goals collide with walking with God. We've just been uh, talking about the story of Zedekiah and Jeremiah and how Zedekiah had I guess his own vested goals that he wanted to achieve and that was to not surrender he wanted to uh, hold the city but in doing so he was uh, disobeying the the guidance of jeremiah the prophet and uh, he paid a severe price he paid a very severe price indeed and and we have to ask the question what would we have done in that situation it's easy for us to be armchair critics looking back but sometimes our goals and what we set collide with our own understanding, our own thinking, our, our own desires. And it's a better matter of getting clarity around what is really important so that those goals can be uh, refined. Mm. So what's really important? Yeah. So before the break, we did read this passage of Scripture from Colossians 2, uh, verse 6 to 10. Now, you've obviously chosen that for a reason, and I think um, you're going to unpack that a little bit. Yeah, look, this gives us clarity here in Colossians, where Paul says, Therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Now, here, Paul sort of gives us a pretty much of a summary statement 
on how we walk with God. And as we walk with God, that can help us give clarity with our goals, with goal setting. gives us principles and helps to do the right thing when we are called to do the right thing. When we are working as an executive in business or as managers, to do the right thing. But what does it mean? How does it work? Therefore, Paul says, as you received Christ. And so there's the first thing that must happen in our lives. We must receive Jesus Christ in our lives. What does that mean to receive him? How does that work? It simply means to accept and to ask Jesus to be Lord of our life. That must happen. We must receive him. Now, the way that Paul has phrased this is important for us because he's phrased it using a tense of language that says that this is happening today. Okay. Because of something that happened in the past. What happened in the past? What happened in the past was that Jesus Christ died that we might live. Jesus rose from the dead. Because of that past act, that means this is an ongoing thing. And so for us to receive Christ, it's not just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing, an ongoing thing that happens every day. (coughs) Now, that's the first thing that Paul says. What does he say next? He says, so walk in him. And walking with Jesus. And I wonder, what does that mean, to walk with Jesus? So it's, again, not not just a, a momentary thing. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing, and we we walk with him, and we get to know who God is, what he has done, why has he done it, and we learn that from Scripture. And we do that through a devotional reading of Scripture. We read Scripture to... We can read Scripture from two standpoints. We can study Scripture or we can read it devotionally. And we need both. We need to understand what Jesus has done and we also need to read Scripture devotionally. But he also says that... And as we do that, we become, become rooted and built up in him. That's right. And and those three things there, rooted, built up, and established, they are critical things in our walk with him. So our roots need to go deep down. That happens in our devotional life built up through Bible study, through prayer, devotional reading of Scripture, and therefore we become established. But here's here's an interesting thing. Now, we're not going to have a Greek lesson here. That's good, because I don't know any Greek. Well... (laughs) Or very little Greek. (laughs) I studied engineering, Mark, and uh, in uh, engineering we we had Greek letters that we would use for different formula. So that's about the only Greek I know. And we're learning a bit more Greek with uh, Omicron and mm-hmm. with COVID, That's aren't we? It, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but look, we've got to keep it simple. But I think that everyone will understand this point here. Those words that are used there, rooted, built up, established, Paul uses a passive tense. So that means what that what Paul is saying here, with it being passive, 
He is saying that God is the one who does this here. And that's really important because when we walk with God, we become rooted in him, we are built up in him, and we become established. This is God's work in our lives. He changes us, he forms us, and um, and, and so this is recognizing God's work here. So I can see here that there's sort of um, a flow to this. We receive Christ, so that's, that involves a decision, I guess, from us. The walking is also uh, an ongoing thing, and you said the receiving is also an ongoing thing. It's not it's a one-off thing. So that involves us. But when we make those decisions to receive and walk, the consequence is that we can become rooted in him. Is that sort of the way this is flowing? Absolutely. Mm. It's making that intentional mental decision. We physically look up to God, or we can bow our head in prayer, but it's with that intentionality to say, hey, you are my Lord, you are my Saviour, I want to walk in your path. I don't understand everything. Mm. Sometimes I get things wrong. But we walk with an, an attitude that God is the one who saves us. Mm. He is the one who who has paid the penalty for our sins. He is also the one who is able to change our lives and to allow those roots to go deep, to build us up. And this happens through our prayer time and our devotional time that we have with him. So this next part that says, uh, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Do you want to just quickly unpack that before we go to our next break? We've got a couple of minutes. Well, if you remember Zedekiah, Mm. with old Zedekiah, he had all these different philosophies that were going around or different ideas or different outcomes for for Judah. Today, we hear it on the news, the media, social media, YouTube, the internet, of all these different ideas that are going around. And how do we navigate all that? Mm. How how do we we find truth in amongst all of the the, uh, information that we, we see? There is simply too much information on the internet for us to ever have a hope of distilling and processing. But the Bible is the essential truth and it is the infallible guide to salvation and to walk with God. And so we need to be careful of all these different ideas, different philosophies that in the end are empty. Mm. And we've got to watch that put that to one side, some of it's very appealing and some of it sounds good. Mm. But we have to immerse ourselves in Scripture each and every day, making that choice to learn that there is a truth. It's not my own truth, it is the Bible's truth. And that's the, that is one of the empty deceits that is around today that is my own truth. We can make our own truth, yeah. Yeah, no, we can't do that. Yeah. No. And uh, it reminds me of the passage in Scripture that says that uh, it's actually the Holy Spirit who leads us to truth. And I guess that's part of having that relationship with God. When we have that daily walk, we invite the Holy Spirit to be be in us and, and be with us each day. 
then it can, the Holy Spirit can guide us. He can guide us to, you know, what truth we need to understand. Absolutely. Whether that be through reading of Scripture or whether, whether it be in the world around us. And in our next section, we're just going to talk about another aspect of how that can happen mm. as okay. well. Well, our free book offer today, we mentioned earlier that we'd have a free book offer. It's called The Great Hope. And I'll just give you a little bit of information. It says, as you look at the world around you, do you sense a battle between good and evil? Are you alarmed by the multiplying of natural disasters? Do you wonder how a God of love can allow so much suffering? What really happens after you die? These are some big questions. And the book, The Great Hope, is the one that we're giving away. We'll give you the code straight after the break. This is called Everything by Kemi Ogendi.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And before the break, I promised a code so that you could claim the free book giveaway that we've got today. And the book is called The Great Hope. And our code for that book today is CONNECT number 10. So that's CONNECT, the word C-O-N-N-E-C-T, and the number 10. Text CONNECT10 to 0488-880-891. We'd love to be able to get you a copy of this book. Now, Mark, uh, we've got about seven minutes or so, and uh, I think you've got a couple of stories to share, I guess just to reinforce what we've learned today uh, about these goals and values and how important it is to stay focused in our relationship with God over and above our own, I guess, uh, personal goals. And it's about as we walk with God, it's about incorporating that into our daily lives. And it's easy to as we go about our daily business and when we get up in the morning, we do all the usual things of showering, cleaning the teeth and getting ready, getting dressed, getting having breakfast, um, connecting with the spouse or the kids, taking them to school. And all, all too often we get wrapped up in the activities of the day mm. and we forget about God. Mm. And sometimes we might sort of read a Bible text and as we're racing out the door and and or we might listen to a YouTube clip in the car. Is that the kind of devotional life God wants to have for us? Mm. So we need to have a devotional life that functions, needs to be intentional, needs to be set in that time. That's one of the biggest challenges. But then there's this other aspect, and it's illustrated by the some of the sunflowers, uh, daisies, and there are other plants that are also uh, are well known for putting their heads toward the sun mm. and they move toward the sun. Mm. Some flowers are best known for that. They don't actually do that when they have seeds in them, you know, when they have that big round black and cluster of seeds in the middle. They don't face the, the sun at that time. But when they're young, they will follow the sun from the east to the west. Mm. And that's called heliotropism. Wow, okay. Oh, that's you a want to spell that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <Nah, laughs> <don't worry. laughs> but it sounds good though, doesn't yeah. it? But that tells us something about, those flowers tell us something about our devotional life. And mm. our devotional life needs to be like that and our disposition, if you like, through the day needs to be like that. So the sunflower, when it follows the sun, at the start of the day, goes around to the west. So as we work during the day and carrying on, going to the gym, doing work, whatever activity that might be, we orient our mind, our hearts toward God through the day. And, you know, there's, there's something that uh, I've, I guess, learned in my life. Um, we we often, you know, we say the quick prayer in the morning, oh, God, be with me as I do this and this and that, whatever. I've got my tasks, my list of things that I've got to do today, and we ask God to help us get everything done or whatever it is. But we actually forget to say, hey, God, I'm yours today. What do you want me to do? 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Is God there just to help us achieve our goals? Or are we there to have a relationship with him and live a life that is actually purposeful in him? We need to serve God. Hmm. Through the day we serve him, we represent him throughout the day. And by the sunflower that faces toward the sun as we face toward God, we allow God to influence and we need to be able to reflect his character through the day. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly. Mm. There are going to be times when we fall over and that's when we ask God to help us, we repent those sorts of things. They are topics for another time. But it's about the orientation here. It's about the intentionality to follow God each day. But it's not about me. It's about God and it's about me serving God. And we need to be clear on that. And that in turn will help us to influence our goals, influence our values, influence how we fill out our our tax income, influence us about being honest Mm and also being caring towards other people and being authentic and fair in how we deal with other people. It's really um, about allowing God to influence every aspect of our life, isn't it? It is. Mm. And and too often we forget God as we go through the busyness Mm. of everyday life, but we need to take him Mm. with us. You've got a story here. Are you going to share that before we finish? Well, there was a a bloke by the name of Ben Strong and uh, he was attending one of those prayer meetings in Kentucky and there was a a group of young people there and there was a 14-year-old boy and we hear these stories all too often that come out from the States. Michael Cornell comes in armed with a pistol and four clips And he had one intention, to shoot and to kill everyone there, as many people as he could. When he broke into the room, Michael Cornell shot and killed three students, young people. What Ben Strong did at that time was that he stood up and he yelled at Michael, "'Put it down!' Put the weapon down. And he still had three more clips. He had used up one clip. Mm. But I wonder what what I would have done at that time. Would I have stood up and said, no, don't do it? That's what he did. He was praised for doing that at that time. And to stand up at that time took courage. Mm. That's what Zedekiah should have done. He should have stood up and stood by God, believed God. He should have been strong. If he was strong at that time, he would have preserved himself and his family. Mm. We too need to be strong and stand up for God. But like the sunflower, we need to orient our lives toward (coughs) him. So, Mark, uh, that sort of brings us towards the end of our first program. Uh, how was your first experience of uh, being on air on Faith FM? Well, it was terrific. Thoroughly enjoyed it. had a lot of fun, actually. Good. Well, I hope uh, we can have you back again. And I think uh, the program Connecting the Dots, our Friday program, I think this was a particularly good one because it was talking about, you know, the real nuts and bolts of how we live our Christian life. 
And uh, that's really, I guess, what uh, this Friday program is all about, is what does our faith look like in practice? How does it play out? So uh, on Monday, of course, we have uh, Tabitha and David Leo. Uh, David Leo is continuing his series, Encounters with Jesus. And, um, of course, next week we've got another program on Connecting the Dots. That's going to be presented by Libby Hergenen. She's going to be talking about health and the purpose for health in context of our Christian life. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, hopefully I think we're going to have uh, Libby presenting on a more regular basis as well going forward. Now, um, remember today's offer, The Great Hope. Connect number 10 is the code. That's the book, the free book offer. Connect number 10. Text that in to 0488-880-891 and we can get that book out to you as soon as possible. It will take a few weeks, so hang on there if you don't get it straight away. I think that's all for today and uh, I do hope we can get you back again sometime soon, Mark. Uh, for another program on Connecting the Dots. Thanks for joining us today. We will talk to you again next week. This is Ellie Holcomb with We've Got This Hope. We've got this hope We've got a future We've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking, even when our souls are shaken, oh, 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 we've got this hope.
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.